0: Welcome to episode 68 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the vault studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, and the man who is ready for the school year to end, Wow,
1: John Scott Sloat. Aren't we all, though? <laughs> yes, I think so. Aren't we? student and professor alike? Even though you know some professors won't admit it, you know I think everybody is. Uh, what professors won't admit that? I, I think that there's got to be some out there that that revel in grading papers and you know those sorts of things. They got to be out there.
0: Those people need help.
1: Yeah, I agree. If if we yeah. find them, we, <laughs> we need to
0: get them the appropriate help. Yeah. Yes. So.
1: So, what's going on with John Sloat these days? Oh my goodness! Baseball season's in full swing yard work's happening, and all of a sudden on the radar pops up three to six, three to six inches of snow this week. Did you see this? Yes. <laughs> How am I supposed to grow grass? Are we supposed to get actual accumulation, though? I have no idea. Oh, I, mean, I hope not. Come on. I just put
0: the snow blower away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I buried mine in the back of the garage. So, yeah, I'm not ready for that. I just mowed my yard this weekend for the same, second time. Same. You have enough grass to mow yards?
1: I do, I do, yeah, okay. yeah. It's patchy, but I have enough I have enough grass to
0: mow. So Okay, that's good to know. Well, we would love to connect with you, our listeners. You can find us on Twitter at v and S Pod. You can find us through Facebook. You can find our page Various and Sundry Podcast. Give us a like and a follow. You can email the show, Various and Podcast at gmail.com. We do have a YouTube channel you can subscribe to, Various and Sundry Podcast. And last week's episode where we interviewed Zach from Ohio, there was actual video
1: of that. That's an actual video episode. Taped. uh, No one uses tape but digitally recorded (laughs) episode that we did last. Yeah, isn't that funny
0: that 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 still is part of our vernacular even Mm -hmm. though tape doesn't really exist anymore? Yeah, yeah. Who uses tape? But I'm old enough to – when I went through my – Telecommunications degree that I did video editing with tape, like wow. actual. Yeah, it was not fun. Digital editing is a whole other world. It, it's a much better world. Um, if you'd like, you can go on to whatever podcast app you use and leave us a review and a rating. We'd appreciate that. And we do have an announcement for the various oh, really? sundry podcasts. We do really. We what's might, we what's need going to on? Cue the breaking news here. Yeah. Uh, so um, we have our next author interview. Okay, coming up in a few weeks. We will have on the show Barnabas Piper. Oh, that's exciting. It is exciting. Yes. So uh, Barnabas Piper is uh, the son of John Piper. But lest you think this is just some uh, somebody riding the coattails of his dad, uh, Barnabas, uh, has distinguished himself as an author in his own right. He's written several books. Uh, I think he's at least written four now. Four or five, yeah. So uh, we are excited to have him on the on the podcast. He is also one of the uh, co-hosts for um, one of our favorite podcasts. Sure. And one of the inspirations, I'd say, in fairness, for yeah, this yeah, podcast yeah. called The Happy Rant Podcast. So – uh, We're going to have him on in a few weeks, and um, you still have time if you'd like to send us questions mm-hmm. if there's questions you'd like to us to ask, we will of course screen them um, and uh, evaluate whether we will actually ask them but yeah. or we'll just come up with our own questions that'll be easy. I think we'll come up yeah. <laughs> with our own. but um, if you have specific questions we'd be happy to consider them. He's written a book on, uh, on being a pastor's kid, uh, on curiosity, what role curiosity plays in the Christian life, um, a doubt. book on doubt. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah, we would uh, we're looking forward to, to our conversation with him. He's a guy that has a wide range of interests that overlap with ours to a large mm-hmm. degree. So um, also a big sports fan. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, be, good. Should be should be good. Yes, so again, feel free to send in questions for Barnabas Piper. We will be interviewing him in a couple of weeks. But all right, we should
1: move on to what's going on in the world of sports here, John. It's a slow time. Uh, yeah. you, we're we're in early baseball, and we're not yet late enough in the NBA for the games to really, really matter, you know? Um, so we yeah. have some housekeeping affairs to take care of here, though, in this in the realm of sports here, right? With with well, are you talking about March Madness? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Because we, I guess we didn't tape an episode last week, right? And the week before the episode, we recorded
0: we recorded on the Monday of the championship game. So That's right, the championship game was set between Baylor and Gonzaga. Yeah. But uh, we didn't know the result, obviously. So, um, so yes, Baylor put a whoopin' on Gonzaga. Just a dominant performance, and um. Perhaps more importantly for our listeners is the bracket challenge.
1: Yeah, you won. I, I did. I've never won a bracket challenge before <laughs> in my life, <laughs>
0: and it just so happens that you organized this. So, are I we, did. Are we going? Are we? Are we going to uh, expect some conspiracy theories about um, bracket challenge fixing? Should we expect some lawsuits to be filed to challenge those results
1: in court? I mean unless you can prove I have connections to the Yahoo family <laughs> or whoever owns Yahoo, uh, then sure. But I, I don't have such I connections. I mean the,
0: the deep state does have long tentacles, John.
1: So. Yeah. I, I don't even know what that sentence means. <laughs> um, but but uh, you,
0: you did win. But I, I feel like we should still probably give some sort of prize to the – Next person who uh, who came in second, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, who's not a host of the of the podcast. Sure, I, I feel like sure. I feel like that's that's doing a solid. That's fair. And that was uh, that was Kevin J. Kevin J. So we're gonna need to connect with Kevin J. Mm-hmm. You know who that is, don't you? I believe so. Okay, yeah. so we'll need to connect with him and uh, see what book he'd like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we have we have a bunch of them. So we do. Yes, in fact, the room we're sitting in right now ha- has the largest
1: private collection of my books. I think <laughs> in in the at least in the United States, maybe in the world. Yeah, yeah. Although the the Gospel Coalition last week gave it a run for its money, there was you you had quite a few books there.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was nice. It's nice to see those out and at deeply discounted prices. Yeah, so, yeah. but okay. we'll talk more about that in a minute. We will. Uh, so one other sports thing that happened was the Masters.
1: Oh yeah, the Masters happened. Yeah. Did you watch much of that? Um I turned it on for a few hours. Usually I tune turn in on tune in on Sundays and right. uh if it's close, really pay attention. It wasn't really that close. Um so I think I tuned away pretty quickly. But yeah, I tuned in for a little bit. I like watching the live streams of fifteen and sixteen and yep. seeing seeing those holes played and that's always good. So yeah, so uh Hideki Matsuyama
0: was your winner. Oh yeah. Uh I believe the first Japanese
1: man to win the I Masters. I believe so. But yeah. he
0: also uh, didn't he win it as like a junior like 10 years ago or something. So
1: they always honor the guy who uh has the best amateur plays. Right. And so he won the he did the best amateur score right at, at the Masters right. t- 10 years ago or something like right. that. Right. Okay. So, yeah, that I think that's what you're thinking yes. about there. Yes. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah. And he's he's always been a good player, consistent, mm-hmm. so good. I like guys that have been around for a while, have, have really worked at the craft, and to see him win was, was good. I just wish he had a somebody challenging him a little bit. Yeah, he, he got out to a, I think he had like a four or five shot lead going into Sunday. Yeah, and, and I think it got as close as two, but. Yes.
0: Yeah, and the, the guy that was playing with him in the final group, I forget who it was now, had a chance, because uh, Matsuyama uh bogeyed one of the holes, or no, double bogeyed I think, and then that put it within like two. Yeah. And then like the very next hole, the guy playing with him ended up like triple bogeying and just blowing up. So anyway, the I, even if you're not a golf fan, sometimes the drama of that back nine on uh on, on the Sunday. Masters on Sunday yeah. is, is, is really entertaining. So
1: And the 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 hole location on sixteen, the par three? Classic, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's iconic. Yeah. yeah, you put it down at the bottom of that hill there and so – you see, And just watch the balls funnel yeah, to it. Yeah.
0: You see guys hit it up high on the slope and then just watch it funnel down there. And, oh, yeah. But anyway, um, let's talk about your, your, your Mets. We'll get to your Knicks, but let's okay. – Quick Mets update. Yeah. They've, they've played a game by now,
1: right? I mean they had a rough start to the season with – With the COVID cancellation. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So part of that is they've had more canceled games than, than any other team – uh, in the majors at this point. Okay. Uh, so they've had a little over half of their games canceled by either rain, COVID, um, snow in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they're supposed to play tomorrow, Tuesday. So when this drops today, in Chicago, and the word is is that that's going to be snowed out uh, as well. Wow. So. Um. So there's that challenge uh to the start of the season, hard to get consistent. Yeah. Um our pitchers though, our top 3 pitchers have a combined ERA of like 1.4 right now. Uh so Jacob DeGrom Saturday at the front end of a double he- of a doubleheader struck out 9 in a row hmm. at one point during the game uh and ended up winning the game. Um it was a great game. And then uh Stroman, Marcus Strowman over the weekend also threw a one run game, so the starting pitching has been really, really good for us. And remind me quickly, I think I think this has happened since we
0: last recorded an episode for, for uh, on a regular schedule. Here was wasn't the there was some walk off ending to a Mets game that had Nate from Ohio uh, worked up, and he texted. Us. Oh yeah. But remind me how that game ended. It was some yeah. b-
1: bizarre way that the game ended. So, yeah, it was against uh, – oh, my goodness. It was against the Marlins. Um, and the Marlins were up a run and then we in the bottom of the ninth, we were able to tie the game. So it was like 3-3. Three, three, the bases were loaded. There was one out, I believe. And Michael Conforto, uh, who's up for a big contract this offseason, um, was at the plate, left-hander. And just was in a huge slump, like couldn't hit the ball. And so the count got full. He fouled off a couple. It was nice to see him make contact at least. And uh, a pitch, a curveball was coming in and started at him and then moved over the plate. Sure. And he got nicked on the elbow. But upon review, he clearly leaned into it a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and it was a strike, and so if it 's a strike it 's not supposed to matter it 's just a strike it doesn 't matter if you get hit you shouldn 't be in the strike zone right um, However, the ump missed that rule, came out, and said, "Yeah, I screwed that up. Let him take first. <laughs> everybody moves around uh, it was a It was a walk off hit by pitch that never should have been a hit by pitch <laughs> Oh major league baseball so, sometimes
0: it can 't get out of its own way
1: yes, yes um it was a it was a fascinating ending and then to to hear the scorn uh toward Michael Conforto was was wild. Yeah, over uh over the airwaves, but yeah. Yeah, that, you know, they uh they won that game, they've won uh I think they're they're 8 and 4 right now, so they've played uh 12 games, so they're in first place, which I'm really excited about. So they're on a 100 game pace right now. So we'll we'll see what they do the rest of the year. And your Knicks, your Knicks are on a bit of a streak here. Yeah, six or seven in a row. Um, so they they've seen to be playing well. They're sixth in the East, which is really exciting. So hopefully we make the playoffs this year. It's still, I think, pretty tight. Yeah, it's um, really bunched the up East. there in the East. Um, I think there's the top three, maybe, and then everybody else. Although Kevin Gar or Kevin Garnett, uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant uh, went down with a big injury yesterday. But wasn't it just like a, a thigh contusion? I think
0: I like guess a bruise. Like it wasn't any structural okay. damage, from what I understand. So in any case, the um, I, I did catch a little bit of the Knicks – I caught the sec, most of the second half. I caught like the last two minutes of the first half and then the second half of – and then overtime of the Knicks-Pelicans game. And uh, I, I was impressed by Julius Randle. It's been a while since I've seen him. Um, he, he looks like he's uh, continued to improve his game from yeah. his Laker days. And um, yeah, I, but the Knicks caught a break because – that game should have never gone to overtime. The Knicks should have lost that in regulation. Oh yeah, did you did you not see this? No 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 no. Okay. no. So uh, Pelicans up three, uh, under, uh, you know. So Knicks inbound the ball with like, or get the ball with like seven seconds or so, 70 seconds. And of course, there's the eternal debate: Do you foul or do you not foul? Sure. And um, they choose not to. And. Derek Rose breaks down his guy off the dribble and since everyone else is out around the three-point line, like has a clear lane to the basket. But they're, they're down three. So you got to have a three. The two does you nothing. For some unexplainable reason, Lonzo Ball, the Pelicans, takes a step towards the paint and leaves um, – oh, what's the, what's the next? His last name begins with a B. They're good three-point one of their good three point shooters. Uh,
1: my goodness. Anyway,
0: oh, B- Booker. Uh, it's yeah. not Booker. It's it's something like that. Anyway, he leaves. Hmm. So he takes a step, and then of course Rose dishes it. Guy knocks down the three. Goes to overtime. And then the Knicks win. So, just a, a terrible defensive lapse by Lonzo Ball. It sounds case, great to me. Yeah. Yeah. On to more significant things. This uh, the, the main. Thing we're going to talk about today is just uh, kind of a debrief from the Gospel Coalition conference that we were at last week. So, John, let's start with what is the Gospel Coalition?
1: Yeah. So um, the Gospel Coalition is – goodness, it's a little hard to describe. It's more than a conference. Mm -hmm. It's certainly a movement of people who have organized themselves around Certain ideas and principles, and say we're, we're for these things. We want to talk about these things. We want to be um, about these things. Um, and and sort—I would say—the organizing principle is a is the gospel itself. Um, and so we we put you know some doctrinal differences aside um, and go join uh, this uh, this group of people. And so um, every two years they have a national conference. Yep. Yeah. And so we've gone for the last. Last several years, except for the Orlando exile years, where they were
0: there were two conferences in Orlando, which they uh, for I think they must have gotten some great deal on the convention center down yeah. in Orlando. But uh, I'm glad to see they're back in the mm-hmm. Midwest. So they're in Indianapolis the last two or three now. I think. Yeah, I think this was the third one. Yeah. yeah. So that conference was in downtown Indy, which is you know
1: two and a half hours from us here sure and it was it was it was started by da Carson and Tim Keller yep and they have since passed it on to uh, uh, a man named Julius uh, Julius Kim Julius Kim um, and yeah seems to be doing really well they have a pretty successful website uh, a number of blogs so, so they they do quite a bit
0: yeah they're cranking out lots of materials they're they're in one sense a yeah, I mean coalition really is the right term for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so every every other year they do one of these national conferences. So let's just start with general impressions.
1: Like what was it like to go to a conference again? Exhilarating. <laughs> um, you know, I was I was a little nervous that we would have long lines in the mornings. Uh we had to uh, do temp- temperature checks. We had to do uh, symptom checks every morning, um, and then you got a text to your phone. You'd show it to th- whoever was at the front gate. The security guard was pretty intense. Um, One in particular, yeah, was was very intense, and, and just his look—not in his like actions towards people, right. but just his look. Um, like, but like he was screening for potential terrorist activity. Yeah, I mean, like he, like. I know someone's trying to smuggle in a bomb or something. Yes. You know, you know, that, was, that was sort of the yeah. look he had. He's gotten the intel from, <laughs> from, from
0: the FBI that uh, – So,
1: yeah. But everything was really smooth. Getting that uh, daily bracelet on was, was really no big deal. Um, yeah. And things were things – were, it, it, it ran smoothly.
0: Yeah. Major props that in light of COVID and all that sort of stuff, it was a phenomenally well-run conference. Mm-hmm. They made it as – it's hard for me to envision it being any – easier or um user friendly so to speak than it was. Sure. So that was impressive. And I think didn't they say there were like about 2500 people I think 2500 was the right in number. In person.
1: Which is about half I think of what we A well, little less than half I think probably. Yeah.
0: So so that was good. Just the general conference experience was was well done by by them. And um I I will say wasn't it a little disorienting though? Like you're kind of out of out of practice of of the conference routine, right? It just being around that many people. Like I, I'm I'm not a person who's like nervous about that or anything, but it's just when you haven't done it for a while, it's like wow, there's a lot of people here, and then seeing, um, you know, people gathering in rooms and still being socially distanced ish in mm-hmm. some ways. Um, but yeah, props to them. So. John, what are some big –
1: what are some highlights? Um, Well, I mean it seems as though Grace Seminary had a a booth at the Gospel College. They definitely had a booth. And it seems like things went well. It seems like we got a lot of names. We were – people stopping by thanking us for our ministries of seminary, uh, uh, ministries of college. All all that seemed to be going really well. Um, I had staff members at Grace's parents stopping by and saying, Hey, my son works at Grace, you know, th- this or that, and that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just – I mean it was – yeah, it just felt like we had a, l- a lot of momentum as a seminary there. That was that was pretty awesome. Yes, yeah. Shout out to
0: uh, <clears throat> Rob Newfer and Gabe Tribbett in particular for their hard work in manning the booth and having conversations. It felt like about every time I, I walked by there, sure. there was someone and often more than one person um, – Finding out more about our programs and, and degree offerings and, and that sort of stuff. So that was good. But um, yeah, I know for me, and I I know you share this, but probably one of the biggest highlights was just connecting with friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great to to go down together. And we were joined by, by Brent, our dean of chapel here on campus. Uh, went down for that. So had a nice Airbnb that was like, Two blocks away from the convention center.
1: Yeah, and had had a pool table. So yeah. I know I know Brent and I played some pool. Did you and Brent play any pool after I left? I, I played a little bit while I was waiting
0: for him at one point. Okay, so okay. not any like serious billiards, but yeah. Okay, and um, and fun to connect with uh, friends that I don't get to see very often.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was honestly it was a lot of fun for Brent and I to be a fly on the wall for your connections with uh some of, some of the people you know from your Wheaton PhD days.
0: Yeah, so in particular I got to hang out with uh Ben Glad. Yeah. A good friend from Wheaton PhD program. Uh we co-written a book Making All Things New and um and then also getting to uh to hang out with
1: GK Beal. Yeah, he showed up at one point. <laughs> I know you guys did dinner with him after I left. I left early right. to go teach. But uh, but you guys got to hang out with him uh, one night for dinner. He just showed up in the evening uh, one night. Yeah. Well, we kind of went out for,
0: for a fourth meal kind of yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Where we went to a, a local establishment and had some fish and chips, mm-hmm. a whole series of appetizers and that kind of thing. So, um, And he just – he showed up. And regaled us with tales of weal and woe. <laughs> <laughs> Told us about his move to, to Texas as yes. well. yeah, yeah. he's, he's uh, finishing out his year at Westminster in Philadelphia, and then moving down to RTS Dallas. And so, and then the next night after you had left, we we went out to dinner back to that same Mexican place that we went the first Oh, really? Night. Yeah, yeah, because that's where Beal wanted to go. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was quite fun. He's uh he's an intense person. Yeah. But um loves 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 to uh relive some of those days at Wheaton when we were uh there together. And uh you know we we may or may not be putting something together in the works to bring him to campus. Really? Yeah. Okay.
1: That that's what happens when you have the Dina Chapel there, you know? <laughs> Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the
0: he's the the mover and the shaker. He's the one with the purse strings to uh, to make that happen. So. Yeah,
1: it, it's an interesting relationship because I'm I'm a Brent is a dear friend, right? Yeah, but it's hard to go to go to those things like and not and not be the this guy. You got to get this guy for chapel. Yeah, this guy. And so I just try to take a sort of like, mm-hmm. and Brent, what, what do you think of this guy? well i I think he'd probably be pretty good you know this this or that or you know i could see him doing this i could see him doing that and you know without you you don't want to be the guy that's constantly coming to the dean and chapel oh my gosh this guy you know yep so that was good just connecting with friends
0: um you know that's one of the one of the best parts of of conferences in general Mm -hmm. um you know the content is good and we'll talk about that in a minute but um um yeah, just getting to see friends and especially in person. <laughs> you know, Zoom is is has been a nice kind of backup technology that's man- allowed us to do a lot of things that, you know. Sure. 15 years ago we couldn't have done in a pandemic, but
1: doesn't compare to the in person kind of uh, in, in interaction. And I think that's one of my highlights, just the energy uh, that comes from being at mm-hmm. a, uh, an in-person conference. You know, that it's hard to beat. Um, it's hard to do on Zoom. So I have a number of conferences that are like, hey, we can do this a lot cheaper if we do it on Zoom and we can get a lot more people. True. But you can't get that same person-to-person interaction.
0: I just don't think that's going to be long-term
1: sustainable. No, I don't think so either. I mean,
0: I think... I think it could be a, a both end mm-hmm. where you're going to offer conferences in person and then charge for live stream access, which that's been going on before COVID. You had, you had situations like that where I think even Gospel Coalition would allow you to yeah. – like I, I know a couple of years ago for the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference, my wife hosted like a watch party for some of the sessions in our basement. So hmm. – so it happens, and I think that's going to be the model moving forward. You 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 just can't, you just cannot replace the informal, casual conversations that happen as you're walking through the book area and and just bumping into people in the hallways and catching
1: up. So you just, you, there's just it's impossible to replicate that in a virtual environment. Yeah, one of my favorite moments at the conference was I was in the bookstore, I think with you and Ben Glad. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman looking at Ben Glad's book and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, man, that's great. That's a great book. <laughs> yes. and, he, and he goes – number of wo- – he spouts out the number of words, number of pictures, you yeah. know, all, all these things in yeah. the book. And she goes, you wouldn't happen to be Ben Glad. And he goes, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she goes, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. Yep. So um, well, let's talk about any of the content. Uh, that stood out to you. Lo- I mean, an overwhelming amount. Sure. I d- I don't know how anyone could actually sit through all of the main sessions plus go to all the breakouts. Like that just yeah. be, would would be content overload.
1: Yeah. um some of the some of the stuff I really enjoyed, uh well they were working through the book of Hebrews in the main session. Um so they were preaching through uh through Hebrews and uh Kevin DeYoung kicked things off and he was Really, really good, really, really clear, um, I thought really, really helpful. And as soon as mm-hmm. the conference media becomes available, should be something you go check out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, his was one of one of my favorites. Uh, other uh, highlights for me in terms of the main sessions were um, Don Carson is always good. We'll yeah. Always um, enjoy listening to him. Uh, clearly like you can tell he's aging you know he's slowing down a little yeah. bit but uh still sharp as it i mean he's you know his his like lost a step or two is like a million steps ahead of sure just about everybody else so um but really enjoyable to 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 hear from him he got to talk about jesus priesthood and kind of brought me back to you remember this. His Melchizedek yeah, talk? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. At, at I noticed go- that
1: was an adjacent uh At a Gospel
0: <laughs> Coalition
1: conference like 10 years ago. Maybe your first Gospel Coalition. It was you my, my first time. Yeah, you it was, was my first uh, Gospel Coalition. 2011 maybe? Does that sound
0: right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. And so it was a um, it was all about Christ in the Old Testament. Yeah, that was a great conference. It was a great Whoa. conference. And um, I remember that his <laughs> – his message title for that for that talk
1: was Getting Excited About Melchizedek. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Tim Keller introducing him and like laughing about yeah, that sermon title. Totally poking uh, fun at Don. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and and deservedly so.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But but
0: Keller's probably one of the few people who can get away with that. Mhm. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that just brought back some memories. And then um this happened after you'd left, but David Platt's message was the last one in the in at the conference, and it was really good hmm. um, on Hebrews thirteen, and I very much enjoyed uh, that message on basically it, it it revolved around the twin themes of um, protecting your intimacy with Jesus and staying on mission, hmm. which of course is right in his wheelhouse. Sure, yeah, so. Uh, and he told a great. He, he gave a great illustration in that in that message about his high school baseball playing days when he played on a terrible team. It's kind of fun to hear someone prominent like that make fun of their own, you know, athletic inadequacies. <laughs> you know, too often it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. You had a great basketball team, or you, you know, like and Platt was like, no, we were terrible, <laughs> like not winning a game all season, terrible, kind of bad. So. Uh, But it it also fit
1: his message. What about any breakout sessions that caught your attention? Yeah, uh, uh, I got to go to a few of those. Um, Probably the one that sticks out to me the most and the one I'm most excited about. Often breakout sessions are based on a book or based Mm -hmm. on a blog post that they had done or something like that. Uh, Isaac Adams, who is a pastor at Capitol Hill Baptist, um, just gave a a talk uh, on – why is it so difficult to talk about racism? Uh, and that was a really, really good, mm-hmm. uh, really, really good talk. And he's coming out with a book similarly titled, and I think it comes out in January next year. So I'm okay. um, very much looking forward to that book coming out. And, uh, and that was one where I'm in the session with Brent, and Brent's like, I'm going to go get my car. I was like, finally, you know, <laughs> my goodness. So that was really good. Gotcha. Okay. How about yourself? Yeah, there
0: were there were a few, but I think the one that stood out was um, Rebecca McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. She did one on um, basically the secular creed, and it's it's not just a rehash of a book she's written. It's related, but not a rehash, and um, it was. A session about. I think we've all seen these signs on in in people's yards or on people's houses. In this house, we believe that you know, Black Lives Matter, women's rights are human rights, uh, love is love. Like you've mm-hmm. seen this, the these sort of signs uh, out, and she does a great. She did a great job of just sort of talking through how do you engage people who who have that kind of mentality. And and do it in a way that is faithful to the gospel, but um, but winsome. Mm-hmm. And she's just a, a fantastic communicator. She's uh, she's she lives here in the states, but she's British. Oh, always helps. Yeah, always helps. You know, started with a couple of Harry Potter analogies, hmm. and um, yeah, she would also be someone that uh, I wouldn't mind having on campus here because I think she can talk about a wide wide variety of of topics. Um, that would be helpful for our, our campus and our students. Well, we know the Dean of Chapel. There you go. We do. Yeah. We do. Um, I think unless there's another highlight you were dying to hit, I think maybe we should touch on some books. Conferences are a great opportunity to pick up some books at deeply discounted rates. Sometimes yeah. they're giveaways. Sometimes they're just really affordable uh, options there. So uh, I'll start – I. I picked this up not as a – I probably plan to read this anytime soon but more just to have it on the shelf when I need it. John Piper's book, Providence, which is not about the city in Rhode Island. (laughs) It is about God's um, providential rule over creation and it is a 750-page tome. It qualifies as a tome I think.
1: Yeah, it's got that – it's a maroon cover one, right? It's got that reddish maroon cover. Yeah. So – I, one of those that I think I want to pick that up and have that on my shelf. Um, what about you? Anything that so um two that uh two that I, I'm looking looking forward to. Um one is uh by Tim Keller, uh How to Win the West Again. Uh I always mm-hmm. find his thoughts on that stuff really, really interesting. Um and then uh the other one uh that I picked up at Ben's recommendation, Ben Glad's recommendation. Uh, what About Evil uh, by Scott Christensen, mm-hmm. um, sort of an exploration of evil and God's providence. So uh, that, that one's quite large as well, I think. Yeah. Four or 500 pages. But I, I had to – they ran out. So I had to order that one through the publisher there and I got the same price and $1 shipping. So it should – Nice. Hopefully show up in the next week or so. OK. Good deal. Um, let's see. Uh. I'll mention a couple
0: others real quickly. And then uh and, and we can put links to these in the show notes. Absolutely. Uh Tom Schreiner came out with a second edition of his first and second Peter and Jude commentary. The first edition was amazing. Hmm. So I'm sure the second edition is going to be just as good. And uh Randy Newman, a friend of mine, has written a, a couple of great books on evangelism. His his initial one was called questioning evangelism, not like like doubting it, but using questions in evangelism to sure. facilitate good conversations. Hmm. And he's come out with a second edition of that. He'd be another guy that we could consider bringing onto the podcast to talk about evangelism. He okay. is a great uh, a great guy. He is a uh, a messianic Jewish believer, so. Um, and he has a phenomenal sense of humor. You remember when he came – were you here when he came I to visit? The I don't believe I was. No, okay. no. He's been here at Grace and uh, spoke at our church. So uh, it would be good to, to, to consider that. And then uh, I mentioned Rebecca McLaughlin. She uh, has a book called The Secular Creed, which is worth checking out. And then Kevin DeYoung just had a book come out on men and women in the church. Mm-hmm. That's a, a good – Discussion of complementarianism
1: and what that looks
0: like. So any last thoughts about
1: Gospel Coalition? Um, the only thought I have is that uh, conference media should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So you, you should go check it out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure
0: how that works. I know that uh, – I think that those who registered for the conference might have exclusive access to that for a period of time before sure. it goes public. Okay. But in any case, worth keeping tabs on. For sure. All right, so this is episode sixty-eight, so we need an athlete, John.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's run through our list here. Um, do you want me to to read off um, this list here? Well, why don't you why don't you do the professional athletes? Then I'll handle the Ohio State guys. Okay. Um, so Yamir Yager, Yaramir Yager. Yeah. What a wow. name. Yeah, good name. Good uh, Russian, I believe. That I don't know. Okay, I'm not a hockey okay. guy, so um, he played in the. Any for what feels like forever, and was a prolific goal scorer. Yes, yeah, second most points in league
0: history behind Wayne Gretzky. I assume that includes goals and assists. In- yeah,
1: goals and assists are points in, yeah. in hockey. There, um, Albert Pujols apparently wore sixty-eight in a spring training game, or se- spring- I think a spring training season okay. early in his
0: in his years. Okay, so I'm not sure if that really is going to count, but yeah. In any case. Uh, for Ohio State, we actually have uh, three uh, three guys. We've got Jim Stillwagon, great name, defensive tackle 68 to 70. Charles Bentley. Good name. Yeah, he he played uh, for uh, the Saints and the Browns. And now I think he just recently took some position in the NFL office. Oh, in, in New York City? Yeah. Wow. And then Taylor Decker was an offensive tackle from 2012 to 2015 and currently is still in the league, making lots of money as a tackle for the
1: Lions. Okay. Okay. Who you got? I mean, it seems like there's really only one choice here.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think we got to go
1: with uh, Yarmir. Yarmir Yager. Yeah. So, okay. On to one thing you liked. Yeah. um, So this weekend, I sat down on Saturday and was looking for something to watch and came across a very well-done four-part documentary called This is a Robbery. And it is about uh, this Boston Art Museum Mm -hmm. where several paintings were stolen, uh, St. Paddy's Day, 1990. Um, Okay. And they go into all these theories about the mob or the mafia or the IRA coming in and trying to steal these as bargaining chips to get out of jail later. Um, and so one and so they stole, I think, three Rembrandts. Uh, one of them is Rembrandt's "The Sea," uh, "The Storm on the Sea of Galilee" with Jesus and his disciples on their ship. Beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's been missing since 1990. And at the end, they're like. We still have a ten million dollar prize for the people that give out that give information that lead to the recovery of these wow um, things I was hooked <laughs> um, I love mob mafia stuff and I, and I was absolutely hooked and and where's this available Netflix Netflix okay it is it is worth your time and it's okay. in four parts so it's four episodes um, yeah and it's 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 about this uh, robbery and, okay. Uh, In uh, Boston in
0: 1990. Gotcha. All right. Good deal. For me, uh, I have uh, started listening to an audiobook called Mindhunter Inside the FBI's Elite Serial Crime Unit. So basically, it's written by the guy who is part of establishing the the part of the FBI that, that does the profiling of serial killers so they you know for many years the fbi was just kind of like we don't know what to do and so using tools from psychology and just case records and stuff beginning to get um a sort of profile of what guys who do this are like hmm. so they can help local um local authorities narrow their search maybe from just any random person to Okay, we think a guy like this is probably going to be, you know, late 20s, skinny, social outcast, maybe lives with a parent. Now start searching and, you know, it's not all it's not 100 percent accurate always. But like there's there's enough times where it's proven helpful and like gotten them to the right person that it's become a whole department within the FBI now. And the guy that kind of helped start that is telling the story of how that came about.
1: Okay, I believe they made a Netflix TV series. I think that's that. right. Yeah, it's not for all audiences. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not I, I can't vouch for because I haven't seen it. But
0: okay. um, Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they talk about going into prisons and interviewing serial killers. Yeah,
1: that's what the TV show is sort of. Is sort of, from what I understand, is based around.
0: And it, I yeah. just can't imagine the toll that that takes on a, on. On law enforcement, mm-hmm. like just in general,ly think about the toll that you know people who are in that field have to experience the the dregs of human society, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. But people who are especially focused on the particularly heinous. understanding yeah. and finding serial killers, just you know that that can't be good for your health long term. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that cheery note, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, in light of the fact we've we've. Uh, we've talked Nicks, We've talked Mets. We've talked Masters. We've talked Gospel Coalition. We've talked Yarmir Yager. We've talked about uh, crime. What is it about? What does this say about our interests that uh, we both said something related to crime? That uh, we picked for something uh, that we liked this week. We'll we'll have to call in the the, the
1: mind hunter and and have yeah. him evaluate us. Well, I I think I have my one thing for next week already picked out, so it will be another crime uh, related <laughs> okay. thing. So just make, to
0: make sure you write it down. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I think we are ready to call mission accomplished. I think so. Yes, and so uh, make sure you if you have questions for Barnabas Piper, reach out to us. But all that's left to say at this point is until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good.
1: Later.